This is Christian Placentia, co-founder of The Durable Athlete, and you are listening to The Rebound, brought to you by The Shadows Podcast. Hey, Shadows listeners. If you're looking to make some extra income that also impacts people, then you need to look at becoming a certified leadership coach with Giant. If you don't already know, Giant has been in the leadership space for over 13 years. I got certified through Giant in 2018, and I've been teaching ever since. Just to give you some context, they used to own and operate the John Maxwell brands. They ran the LeaderCast conferences where Jim Collins, Henry Cloud, Malcolm Gladwell, and Simon Sinek, just to name a few, were regular speakers. They have over 500 coaches worldwide, working in over 127 countries, and are being hired by companies like Google, Chick-fil-A, Pfizer, Delta, and more. And yes, you can do this too. I know this might sound intimidating, but Giant will literally give you everything you need to start your own coaching business from scratch. You get hands-on training from top-level coaches to learn the exact methodology and tools that six-figure coaches are using. You get an all-in-one online platform to run your entire coaching business, even if you want to work 100% remotely and you'll get to join a thriving community of coaches from all around the world. To get started, Giant is hosting a coaching business workshop to help you learn the ins and outs of how to build a successful coaching business. This is both for experienced coaches, consultants, and those who are looking to start coaching and consulting with little to no experience. If you wanna hear the really good news, this whole workshop, it's free, 100% free. And you can reserve your spot by going to giant.tv forward slash shadows. Why not give it a shot? What's better than making a positive change in people's lives and making some extra money in the process? Giant launches a new hiring cohort every month. Now, they only have 20 coaching slots available each month. So it's first come first serve. So go ahead and make sure you reserve your spot. If you're ready to make an impact and get paid doing it, Go to giant.tv forward slash shadows, giant.tv forward slash shadows. Folks, welcome to another episode of the Shadows Podcast. This is our special rebound series. This is our second year of doing this. And I couldn't think of a better guest than the one we have here today. Uh, Kyle Guy from University of Virginia. I'm going to read off some of his accolades and then we'll welcome him to the show. He was Mr. Basketball State of Indiana 2016. He's a McDonald's All-American. For all of you non-sports fans, that means he was like one of the best high school players in the entire country. He was a two-time first-team All-ACC two-time third-team All-American. He was an ACC tournament MVP, Final Four, most outstanding player. Adds a lot of credibility to our show right there with that. And then he was also a national champion with the University of Virginia. Drafted second round 2019 draft, 55th overall by the Knicks. Sir, welcome to the Shadows Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. The, the story of Virginia that y'all had, Jim Nance said it was the all-time turnaround title. I think it's one that's perfect not just for sports fans, because I think sports, a lot of times, so many parallels with real life, but we're going to unpack a little bit of your journey here, but kind of going back to like your childhood, when did you know that basketball was like your go-to? 
Yeah. Um, it's tough because I, I was seasonal. So if it was football season, then I mm -hmm. wanted to play in the NFL. And if it was basketball season, I want to play in the NBA. Um, so I would say probably around like eighth grade, I got an offer from a division two school for basketball, um, wow. university of Indianapolis. And so that's where I, it was going into freshman year that summer. So I was like, you know, I'm not getting as big as some of these other football players. Like I'm growing a little slower. So I'm just going to focus on, on basketball once I got that offer. And that's kind of when it turned around for me. So I'd say around eighth grade, um, I ran uh, track and played football up until then. What was the recruitment process like? I bet that was crazy with the mail and everything. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, the mail, honestly, I feel like by the time I got to high school, when I was like a sophomore, junior, they kind of stopped with the letters because they can just call you Twitter, DM, yeah. like all these different ways of reaching you were just a little bit more personable and uh, had more like leverage and, and meaning to it than, than a letter. Um, I will say, Every school in Indiana recruited me except for Notre Dame. And I got a letter from Notre Dame the day after I committed to UVA. So that's just kind of how, how, how it went. But, I mean, you know, I had a, a bunch of offers, but um, I was only – like I knew when schools offered me if I was going to go there or not for the most part. Mm -hmm. um, and Virginia was actually the last team to come into the picture. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, Tony, like – I mean, again, it's not like they knew about me and they were like, nah, he's not good enough. And then came around like they didn't know who I was or if they did, like they had offers to other people already that they had mm -hmm. to wait for. So growing up, I wanted to go to IU being from Indiana. Like I wanted to wear the candy stripe pants. Yeah. Um, like that was huge for me. A lot of family that went to IU being Mr. Basketball and, and just being from Indiana. Like that was the dream. Didn't work out. Uh, didn't see eye to eye with some people in the, uh, within the organization and I loved Matt Painter at Purdue I loved Brad Stevens at Butler um, but I didn't really like Purdue that much and you know Brad Stevens left and there's a new coach at Butler every year so I was like okay I guess I'm not staying in the state where do I want to go got some offers from my California California Berkeley uh, Tennessee places like that North Carolina State uh, which would have made you a little bit more angry already so yeah um, wouldn't be doing it at this point yeah right um and I had looks from, you know, Kansas, North Carolina, uh, actually, uh, but they never offered. So I was uh, a sophomore going into being my junior year in the summer when Virginia came around and uh, they offered me. And um, I knew I had a special relationship with Coach Bennett just from over the phone. But when I went on my visit in uh, August or September, um, I knew I was going to commit. So I went home, waited like a day or two, and then I called him and told him. So he seems like he'd be long. fun to play for. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. He's one of the best humans ever. Um, and that's kind of why I was drawn to him yeah. because he just was full of wisdom and, um, you know, kind of what you, you would look for in a military leader too is just like he's, it's not just on the court, it's off the court too. And mm -hmm. uh, one of the best, most ferocious leaders I've been around. That's awesome. Yeah. I've always been a fan of him. You get recruited with an awesome class, Ty Jerome, Jay Huff, DeAndre Hunter. I mean, key pieces to that national title run that y'all had. You go to Virginia, 2016-17 season. Y'all went 23-11 and 11 during the regular season, 11-7 and 7 in the ACC. You were tied with Duke uh, for fifth. And then y'all got defeated in the tournament by Florida. But what was it like the first time wearing that Virginia jersey running out there on the court? 
Yeah, it was crazy. I'll never forget. We were playing at UNC Greensboro. Um, a lot of North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Similarities here. It seems um, like y'all started with UNCG. Like every year you were there. Yeah, like- we played them every year. Um, but I know for a fact that my freshman year, um, we played there first game of the season. And uh had like five or seven points. I played like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16 minutes. But it was crazy, man. Like, just a total different that summer. Actually, I wanted to, you can ask anybody, me, Ty or Dre, like we talked about transferring after that, that summer because really? their practices and the way that they go about uh, like getting ready defensively, like it, it kills your confidence at first because you're just not ready. Mm. Um and obviously Dre was redshirted my freshman year. DeAndre Hunter was. So that was kind of another thing for him. But like me and Ty and him were like, you know, like I'm getting dunked on in practice. I'm getting destroyed. Like um, reps are hard to come by because of the fact that we are behind defensively and offensively. We were ready to go, mm-hmm. um, but still had to learn the the offense and how coach wanted us to play and stuff. So um, it was a tough summer, and then October is the worst. Ask any college basketball athlete that you practice for thirty days straight with no games and like no off days. So like, then all the colleges basically try to like kill you while getting you prepared. So yeah. October was terrible. I'm like, dude, I don't know, man. This is not it. But we stuck with it, and we're like, you know, this is why we came here is because we chose the hard way, um, chose a, a, a unique route that most people don't choose. Um, and, and we trust Tony. And so um, obviously it worked out by the time halfway through the freshman season. Um, I started the last like 17 games. Um, Ty started like 12 games that season too. So um, ended up working out in our favor. But yeah, it was a it was a roller coaster ride to get to that point. Defense is like y'all staple. Y'all, y'all, I said y'all kind of like the San Antonio Spurs of college basketball. Weren't the flashiest yeah. team, but you would just grind teams down. Yeah, I think I think there's like a misconception that like we play slow, which like obviously in terms of like stats, we do play slow, but like we're just best shot available team. Um, like my freshman year, coach the points, yeah, that y'all allowed. Yeah, well, it's 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 hard to score a hundred points when like you're the other team is using thirty seconds. Yeah, people don't talk about how they play slow against us. That's just because we're good defenders and we make them use the shot clock. And then, you know, like coach gave certain people green lights. So like me and London had a green light freshman year, which was basically you could shoot whenever, whenever you wanted. Sophomore, junior year, it was uh, me, Ty, Dre. So like we were just best shot available, man. Like our junior year, like we put up over 80 points twice in our last three games of the season, the one year we won championships. So like, I mean, uh, there is a misconception, I think, I mean, if you're watching them now, they're 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 struggling, so they're definitely playing slower because like he's trying to figure it out. But at the end of the day, we we're just best shot available. Well, your following season was a it was big year for the program. First time since mm-hmm. 1982 that y'all had reached number one in the polls. Uh, y'all actually started, I believe, unranked to to start the yeah. year, and then went up to number one. And, because uh, like my freshman year, my first year, we were so talented. Like we had like. 14 guys that could start on a division one team, like no joke, mm-hmm. 12, 12, 12, because there's only 13 scholarships, 12 guys. Um, and we had like 
three transfers, someone got kicked off the team. Like, so, like, I get why we were unranked, but that definitely added fuel to the fire because, like, I'm definitely a guy that likes um, coming from a place of underdogism, you know. Well, that year, y'all were hot. <laughs> y'all, yeah. It, unless you played a team with Virginia in the name, uh, West Virginia and Virginia Tech were your only losses during the regular season. And you got the ACC tournament. And you just absolutely – you lit up Louisville, Clemson, and then we won't talk about the finals, but you lit up North Carolina. You were ACC tournament MVP. Going back to where you started, where you said, you know, look, I was I was thinking about transferring, to now a year later, your ACC tournament MVP. What did that mean to you? Yeah, perfect example of just trusting the process. Like, I mean, um, I knew when I went there, there was three things I wanted to accomplish. That was to win a national championship – get my number retired and get drafted and I knew like if we won the national championship or I got my number retired or whatever then more than likely the umbrella goals were going to happen which was ACC championship like uh, all ACC like number one seed stuff like that like that was going to happen if those two of those three goals were accomplished and so when we won the ACC it, it again affirmed why we went there it was just to play basketball the right way and, and show the country um, and the world that like we were uh, a blue, a blue blood uh, program. And so when we, when we beat North Carolina, I think that was, they had like Joel Berry in them. Yeah. Um, Barry. And yeah, they were a good team. And uh, we definitely that year, that's actually the game. DeAndre uh, broke it. Hunter broke his wrist, which is why he missed the the first round game. So, but at the end of the day, I mean, we all know how this not maybe not everyone, but a lot of people know how the story goes. So I wouldn't change anything for the world, but definitely having him would have would have made a huge difference in that tournament. You said you said something that I want to bring up real quick. When is Virginia gonna retire your jersey? Yeah, so they uh they're they're number two public school in the country. So they won't do it until I graduate. Um gotcha. so they're they're prestigious that way, which uh, I have mixed feelings about. Um, I do want to, I mean, I wanted to get, go back and get my degree regardless, but yeah. now there's more of like a pressing, like, okay, I need to go do that. So oh, yeah, do this. So I don't get to take my time like I wanted, but that's okay. I, I, I tried to graduate in three years, but it just, it turned out to just be a, uh, a little too much on my plate. And when we lost to UMBC, I really wanted to focus on like getting yeah. better and, and redeeming ourselves. So after my Second year, I was like, okay, this year I'm going to take a step back. So I can graduate in like a semester and a half probably. So oh, it's yeah, not, get that it's jersey not, retired. It's not, yeah. yeah, it's not a ton a ton of work. So um, this summer, hopefully I'll be able to knock out a few classes. Yeah. All right. Well, now's the part of the story that I know you're just absolutely thrilled to talk about. Selection Sunday. Be, be honest with me. When you saw Selection Sunday, were you not looking like Kansas State or Creighton? Who do we want to play? Second yeah, round. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we were the 16th seed, we would probably be looking at, okay, if we get this win, who we play next? So that's what I do um, when I see I the think, brackets come out. Yeah. Anyone who, anyone who plays college basketball, like it's, it's a catch 22. So, number one, like we definitely are like, okay, who's in our region? Like, who yep. do we have to get by to get where we want to go? But then the other side of it is, Tony Bennett's the coach and he's not going to let us just overlook somebody. So mm-hmm. I think there's another misconception. Like when we went into the game, we weren't respecting them. Like that was, that's not allowed. 
Right. Like we show we sh- if the the only way to get kicked off the team really, Virginia is to disrespect the manager. Like he's that humble, um, and so we weren't going to overlook uh, UMBC. Um, I actually have a buddy who I played AU with that went to Vermont, um, Josh Spidell, and um, I was watching the game where UMBC beat them beat. in their conference tournament because mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to see him make it to the tournament. Uh, he had been in a car accident in high school. Um, couldn't play anymore, but they honored his scholarship. Like it would have been such a cool story, but yeah. they beat him. And the Jaquan Lyle kid who ended up playing for the Jazz for a little bit, like he killed that game, hit a game winner. Like so, we knew they were legit. I was watching the game. Um, but to answer your question, yeah, like it didn't matter if we were playing, you know, Kentucky in the first round or Kansas in the first round. We were going to be like, okay, if we get this win, who do we play? Like, what's the yeah the how's it going to shake out within the region so it was it was crazy because i was at my work different time zones i was in germany and one of the guys that i work with we'd filled our brackets out and i think i had i think i had y'all losing north carolina was going to beat you in my tournament somewhere but uh, i remember i'd filled it out and i was like i got virginia going pretty far and the guy talking to me was like yeah as a a number 16 ever beat a number one and i remember Mm -hmm. telling him i was like it hasn't happened it's been close like princeton georgetown yeah, yeah. Purdue almost lost to one a couple, you know, like a couple years after that. But I was like, yeah, it hadn't happened. And we came in the next day and we were like, wow, we just spoke that into existence. But to, to yeah. let everyone know, you know, on March 16th in Charlotte, uh, it was a night game. But UMBC, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, came in and it, it was one of those games where it was, it was 21-21 at halftime. It's kind of like, a, all right. They're hanging with us. What was the That's happened before, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's happened before. But then second half, y'all allowed 53 points average that year. They got 53 mm. points in the second half. When did you know, like, oh, God, this is not <laughs> this is not going to yeah. end well? I mean, full transparency, um, I'd say the first media timeout in the first half, I felt like in my gut, like, oh, shit, like this is. Yeah. Like you just, you just know it. Yeah. It was like, we were, it's like when you shoot to not miss as opposed to shooting to make it Yeah. like, because you're scared of airballing or missing bad or whatever. Like, like I felt like after that first time out, we were playing to not be that team that got upset as opposed yeah. to just playing as ourselves and, and winning. Yeah. Um, and you could look around and everyone's eyes were big. Like, Oh, don't let this be us. Don't let this be us. Um, so we were definitely shaken and not as mentally tough as, um, we needed to be just for that one game. And like you said, 31 and two, we were as mentally tough as it came. Number one, all year, uh, like won the ACC, um, outright and the tournament, like as mentally tough as they come. And, you know, just sometimes, um, there's a little crack in the shield and, and, and UMBC was the perfect size to fit that crack in and, and, and break the entire armor plate so i mean like it was tough um at halftime we were we were fine i honestly i only i don't remember the halftime of of that game as much as i do the following year but like i i don't remember it being like somber or like you know oh shit but that's because we kept it all inside you could kind of look at somebody and see it but at the end of the day like we were still trying to win it was just like i said that that kind of metaphor of like shooting to not miss as opposed to shooting to win yeah when the final horn sounded you know you stood at half court kind of had your hands on your knees what was it like 
post game, like not just the locker room, but like going back to Charlottesville and then what was that about your cell phone? I saw something like you had a, something you kept on your cell phone about that game. Yeah. Yeah. So I like full transparency. I was ready to cry with like six minutes left in the game. Cause yeah. I mean, they, they beat the crap out of us. It wasn't like they hit a buzzer beater. If they hit a buzzer beater, I'd probably be more okay with it. Cause it's like, okay, March Madness, like, you know, it's the magic. That's 20 points. And it, and it, yeah. And it still was magical for them, but yeah. like, they at least it was 75 to 55, I think. Like, yeah. I guess I beat the crap out of us. Um, and so like literally holding back tears the whole last, six to eight minutes of the game just trying to play my ass off um so thankful he didn't take me out I don't like the idea of being like taken out of a game just because we're down like I want to fight to the end um and so I got to do that which I was thankful for and um yeah when the horn sounded I just kind of wanted to take a second to kind of process and like tell myself like it's going to be okay, but this shit sucks like at the yeah. same time. Cause I'm a big, I like to feel what is going like feel the emotion um, of what just happened. And so um, just a lot of hurt and stuff. And when we got back to the locker room, uh, I don't even remember anything that Coach Bennett said, like I was so out of it. I remember as soon as we broke it down, I went and said, sorry to all the seniors. And then I went in the shower with my Jersey on and stuff. I just sat there for like 25 minutes uh the academic advisor who i'm super close with came in there gave me a hug everyone was crying i mean it was just we made history you know the wrong way you don't want to do that and obviously nobody wants to do that and so um after uh i got done crying for like 25 minutes to myself like coach bennett came in there and he grabbed me and ty jerome to go on the podium because he didn't want he wanted to spare the seniors isaiah wilkins and, and devin hall who both uh playing professionally actually Isaiah Wiggins is a coach at Virginia now mm-hmm. um and so he was like I want to spare them like you guys are going to be the face of this program moving forward you're our leaders like let's let's prepare and like get a lesson in this like go up there face the world after it's a team. head on yeah head on and so I was super thankful for that and we went up there and answered some of the dumbest questions of all time and <laughs> We just stood up there, uh, graceful like a warrior, and just and just took it, um, which I think definitely helped in the long run of how I now combat like adversity. And so we go up there, and, and one of the guys who's literally he's a UVA beat writer, so he knows that he's known us for two years, and he writes yeah. about us and asks us questions after every single game. And he go, he asks, he says, "Guys, did you did you know that you were the first team to lose to a 16 seed?" And I'm like, dude, like, and and Ty just stares at him. And I forget. And he just, I, I can't remember verbatim what he says. I'm pretty sure he was just like, yes. And then just like. I think like, he's like, yeah, we're aware of it. Yeah, we're like, come on. Like, you should, I mean, the gut punch that was just knowing that, okay, we're getting ready to face our own school is mad at us also. Mm-hmm. That was a gut punch. Um, but, you know did a great job it was hard to answer all those questions but um when we left coach bennett said some really powerful stuff on the podium afterwards um if if anybody uh wants to look that up they should definitely do that on youtube like what he said when we left was mm-hmm. so powerful um and just re- again reaffirmed like i chose the right school i chose the right coach. gracious and defeat um, at that press conference 
Right. Oh, it was unbelievable. Um, and then <clears throat> the way that we all came back from it after what happened later that night, like <clears throat> we went to um, we went to the back to the hotel and they had to the police escort us to our rooms because there was death threats of like blowing up the hotel and stuff like that because all these you know guys that gambled on the game, um, which you know I get I've gambled before it's frustrating but like that's a, a perfect example of why the NIL now was so important is because like the, people view us as the number on our jersey sometimes yeah they lose sight of like we are you when you were eighteen just good at a sport <laughs> so like yeah. that was that was tough and then super eye opening and and almost like dream like you couldn't believe like we went through the it was like a movie like we went through the back kitchen like and you're like 18 and, 19 years old yeah i was 19 at the time like crazy Jeez. so you go into your junior season i'm sure y'all y'all wanted umbc like first game of the year um but you go into that that season and y'all go 18 or 28 and 2 regular season selection Sunday, you find out your number one seed, you go in and, and this is where, this is a, a part of the story. I think that goes overlooked. A lot of people look at the UMBC game and they look at the Texas tech or the Auburn game, but y'all play Gardner Webb. Once again, your number one seed, right. you're a 16. The first half y'all are down 30 to 16. What was going through your mind? <laughs> this right here, this, this like, like laughing it off. That's what we did. And <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we were in, at halftime, and I'm just looking around. There was no doubt or fear this time as there was last time. Even though y'all were down like, at halftime, they had down like thirty six. Like yeah, yeah. And so we just look around. We're like, all right, guys, let's go. We're not gonna let this happen again. Like we know what we're here. We know what we're built for. And we know what we've been, you know, preparing for all season. And so we go out there and DeAndre plays phenomenal in the second half and uh, Ty plays pretty well too. And so um, ended up getting that win, but that was, yeah, the whole game. I never felt what I felt in the UMBC game. And that is yeah. a perfect example of like using um, a loss or a failure, like as a lesson. And I never felt like we were going to lose. We were down. I mean, it was a home game for them because number one, like once we had lost the 16 seed, like everyone was like, oh, it's going to happen again. So they started rooting for them. And it was, you know, Garner Webb wasn't far yeah. from there either. So it was just. Um, we had Oklahoma fans there that. too that were pulling against right. y'all. And yeah. Yeah. After that, y'all defeat Oklahoma second round. You beat Oregon. Kind of a hard fought game, the regional semis. Mm -hmm. But then that regional final, if, and I'm telling you folks, if you, if you remotely like college basketball, you need to look this game up on YouTube. They'll probably take it down uh, now that I've said that. But you need to look it up on there. It's an absolute shootout. Carson Edwards was ridiculous in that game. 42 points, 10 threes. He almost broke Jeff Fryer, who was a previous guest here on The Shadows, almost broke his record. But the way just these, these final three games of the season, the way that they ended, 5.9 seconds left. You're trailing 70 to 67. Um, Jerome gets fouled, hits first free throw. The other, the second one gets uh, it's missed and it's tipped. Launches it. Y'all hit a jumper with about. Well, actually, his time expired to go into. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to go into overtime, and then you hit key free throws late in that game. 
you know, you basically overcome that Purdue game. What do you remember about that one? Number one, to piggyback off of what you said, that is one of the best college basketball games of all time. Yes. I've watched yes. it since, trying to be, like, bipartisan, basically. And I'm like, dude, that game was unbelievable. Even the hype before it starts. Yeah, dude, you want to talk about a home game. That, yeah. that was in Louisville. Oh, yeah. I'm from Indiana, so that's 90 minutes from Indianapolis from where I'm from. You already I already mentioned you love decked, Purdue. <laughs> love, yeah, right. Decked out in black, all black and gold. And then there's one section behind our bench that is orange. I mean, it was the craziest atmosphere ever, aside from Final Four. Um, like, unbelievable. So loud. They come out. I'm guarding Ryan Klein, who's my buddy. We played AU together, too, mm-hmm. from, from my city. Um, and he hits a three to start the game. I mean, loudest I've ever heard. I've ever heard an arena. So loud. Just came out, hit the first three right in my face. Um, and then, like you said, Carson Edwards, unbelievable. After that game, Tony, Tony Bennett was like, Coach was like, he was like, that was the best performance I've ever seen in college yeah. basketball. Like his tournament run you, that year. If you watch the replay, like it wasn't bad defense. He had maybe one or two open layups. Other than that, it was all contested. I think jumpers. his last three, you were all in his face. And he just Oh my God. Just drains him. Um and Car and we're good friends. All of us are good friends with Carson now. Like we still talk about it. Like it was unbelievable performance. Um a lot had to go right for us. Um, they missed a free throw, actually, mm-hmm. um, which would have been 71-67, yep. um, which would have been a whole another ball game. We would have had to hit a three. Um, but, yeah, um, Mamadi tips it out after Ty misses it. Kihei Clark runs a little freshman. He's like 5'7", sprints as fast as I've ever seen somebody because I was in, ahead of him running for the ball, and he just zoom, right by me. I'm like, okay. So he gets it. I'm a junior – like you said, all, all these accolades, ties a junior, all these accolades, been there, done that. We're screaming, like, give me the ball. Because we think he's just going to, like, throw up a half-court shot, try to be a hero. And it's like, no, 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 we've earned this. Give, give me the Beautiful ball. I'm pass. screaming at him. Yeah. And he just throws a tightrope of a pass to Mamadi, catches it high, keeps it high, floater from, like, 12 feet at the buzzer. Full transparency, I thought we won on that. So I can tell you what my situational awareness was at the time, but um, but yeah, then we ended up winning in overtime. It was unbelievable game. Yeah, go go back and watch that game, and then it, the drama doesn't stop. They go to the Final Four in Minneapolis, and in front of seventy two thousand people. Like I said, this is where you would just you know get a key to the city if you were to come down here. I'm about an hour away from Auburn campus, um, and okay, actually, yeah. So to let you know, I was at the gym this morning listening to. I was getting ready for this interview. I got a little one shining yeah. moment on and I'm like, oh, you know love what? It. let me watch this Auburn game. And I'm on the treadmill with the Auburn uh, Virginia game up. And then I realized where I'm at talk about situational awareness. And I look around, I see all these Auburn Tigers sweaters near me. <laughs> I switched over to A&M or to the Texas tech game. Um, but yeah, right. once, <laughs> once again, 6.5 seconds left, 61, 57 Auburn, you hit a ridiculous three make it 61 60 and then uh clark for auburn gets fouled hits first free throw misses the second once again and then they kept fouling y'all it seemed like they kept fouling y'all down court um killing any sort of momentum whatsoever yeah and then the shot i mean you get fouled on a three pretty much with no time left dowdy fouls you really controversial call from a bunch of i actually i remember watching it in germany he left the he he left his feet, 
bumped you and then landed. So, I mean, he definitely impeded the, yeah. the way he was shooting. But going to the free throw line, this is something that, you know, I used to dream of in, in my driveway. <laughs> Pretty much you're hitting game-winning free throws in the Final Four. You're in front of 72,000 people. And I was showing this to my wife. I'm like, look at this. It looked like you had zero fear on your face. You just walked up there and you just you sank the first two, tied it up. They call a timeout, try to ice you, I guess. You come up there, you drilled the, the third one. What was going through your mind during that process? Yeah, so we had run that out-of-bounds play. I mean, every game for the entire year. The entire year so we've you came off the screen and drill yeah. Hit you. yeah yeah there's like three different options like the first one's the alley-oop that wasn't there second one is me and then third one's just give the ball to deandre and you know then we would run an offense normally but in that situation he would just catch and shoot um dre said uh, they he, he was on top of me the samir dowdy he was on top of me and so normally i would curl around deandre but instead i just walked up and deandre just stepped because Normally they would be behind, but he was in front. He just stepped, and so I just sprinted to the corner. And Ty hit me, had the faith. I, I probably a little biased. I think if he wasn't, if he didn't hit my hip, I would have made it. Mm-hmm. It like took a little bit off, but um, again, I, I mean, controversial or not, you know what I say is gonna ring differently in people's ears. But I think it was a foul. And I, I'm normally a guy, I'll tell you straight up, like during a game, I'm like, yeah, ref, he did not foul me. But like, I like yeah. saying that just so I'm being honest, but, you know, was in my space, whatever they call foul. I knew right away they call foul. And I put my uh, jersey like over my uh, mouth and, and face just like to reset real quick, like yeah. get ready for this. And you mentioned something like uh, you dreamed of this in your driveway, right? Well, that's exactly what I started thinking about. I was like, Dude, like, yeah. Instead of instead of like running away from the fear, I mean, this is so so much full transparency. My dad's a Marine, uh, uncle's Marine, aunt's a JAG officer, grandparents Army, like big military family. And it's so just a perfect example of what you guys do is like, you guys are scared to death over there, like, but you don't, you can't show it. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta have you gotta have a warrior mentality. You gotta step up to the plate and just be ready to do your duty. That's exactly what I did because in the interview afterwards, you, you said I didn't look nervous. Like in the interviews, I was like, dude, I was fucking terrified. But like, didn't what are you going to do? Like, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good, good scare. Like, okay, like I put all this, all these things in my head. Like, all right, there's, you know, 80,000 people here, 75,000 people, whatever it was, you know, 5 million watching on TV. Like your whole life was built for this moment. Like I put all these ideas in my head and I was like, like, why not me? Like you said, I'm in the driveway. I do this all the time. and um this like you can be a legend for this like just do it and so first one felt great second one felt a little weird like it was a little bit to the left um then went in then they called timeout and my teammates were like trying to give me high fives i'm like dude get away from me i don't want anything to do with you right now (laughs) so coach is like talking to the entire team like okay if he makes this or misses this this is what we're doing so we had all these game plans i don't have a clue what's going on i'm over just drinking a water, sipping. I have like a towel or something, just like staying in the zone. Um, and so if you see after I knocked the third one down to, to win it, there's 0.8 left, I think. And if you look at me after I shoot, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just like looking for someone to guard. Should I like play safe? You're, spr- like, you're probably supposed to be the one who was on the inbounder because like, there's no one yeah, on the inbounder. <laughs> yeah. And I, like I had no clue. 
Um, and, uh, you know, obviously they didn't have time to, to really do anything, but, um, yeah, it was just a funny moment of like, I was so locked in. I didn't care about what happened next. So, um, we, we got lucky a little bit that way. Well, then y'all advanced to the national championship game is once again, I think it's a very underrated national championship game. One of uh, the best ones. Um, I think y'all were right there with like that, that Villanova, North Carolina, championship i think yeah. if that one didn't happen a lot more would be talking about this one but it was a great for sure game. but yeah, yeah 68 65 12.9 seconds left once again drama hunter hits three and then 85 77 in overtime you are the most outstanding player of the final four you had 24 points in that game jim nance called it the all-time turnaround title bill raftery said mm-hmm. there's no story that has ever been told like this in college basketball when all the confetti and everything is falling down yeah. and y'all are running around the court. In fact, I think one shining moment, it captures like three or four scenes of you running around celebrating. What did that feel like knowing y'all went from like the lowest of lows in college basketball to now you are national champs? Yeah. Um, oh man, that was a lot of emotions at, at once. Um, you know, my entire I only had two college games my entire college career where nobody was at, like no, none of my family or friends were at mm-hmm. two the entire time. So you can imagine how many people were there in Minneapolis. Like we're talking like 50, 75 people were there. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we're just after every game, they're like, dude, like this is unreal. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. And like every game, like those last two games, uh, final four and uh, national championship, game. Yeah. We blew and and that we blew a ten point lead and we ended up being down eight or more with less than like three minutes left yeah. and had to fight our way back. But we just kept believing. Um, Coach Bennett made us watch a TED talk, not made us, but like set up us to watch a TED talk called The Storyteller. And he tells this quote that like Coach Bennett's now now famous for like saying or like bringing to the public eye, and it's that if you if you use adversity the right way then it'll buy you a ticket to a place you couldn't have gone any other way so basically like without losing to umbc there's no way we can win a national championship like it sparked something in us we played for each other like there was never once a selfish moment the entire year um and you know it, it really helped us like truly believe that that redemption was was possible and so when we did it man um, I always envisioned like being able to have the ball and just launch it into yeah. the stand. But DeAndre got that honor, which is fine. I got to do the Michael Jordan like jump up. Yep. You know, waving my hands. We won. Um, the the whole team's running out there. Like it was just pure, pure bliss, man. A um, lot of emotion. Uh, I still think about it a lot to this day, just like how crazy that whole thing was. What would you title? The 30 for 30 that they're eventually going to do or a movie or something based off this team. What would yeah, you title that? Man. Well, they did it. They did the ACC or ESPN did like a hour long. It's called. It was good. That's, yeah. And that was good, but it's just not, not enough information yeah. as to everything that went down. So like, that was cool. That's a really good name. Um, Redemption is obviously good. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm going to think about that. And I'm going to, I'm going to text you actually when I finally think of it, but. I don't know something. So I think a one worder is the best, but just like yeah, a yeah. powerful word that's just like makes you think like, wow, like that, that shit happened, you know. So 
it's it's one of the and I'm I'm a huge 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 college basketball fan. Me and I got a friend of mine who we could pretty much tell you anything that's happened in college basketball, and I'll tell you it's one of the best stories. You know, people talk about the '83 NC State team, what they yep. went through in the tournament. Um, this this Virginia squad, one of the best stories ever told in college. I'd say sports, not just college basketball, but yeah. sports in general. Um, Jim Nance actually talked about it wrapping up the game. He said, you know, a team in the NFL, they're fourth in their division. They win the division the next year. I mean, big deal. You beat out four other teams. But y'all went from, you know, in a 68-team field, getting yeah. knocked out, like you said, the wrong part of history, losing to UMBC. And, I, you know, from what I was hearing, they were saying during the games, Coach Bennett was saying, embrace that story. Yeah. Embrace that. Make yeah. it part of your journey. And – this story and overall exemplifies, you know, like like the title of this podcast, the shadows. You you embrace those moments; they become yep. part of who you are, and you ultimately succeed in the end. So, um, thank you for being on here. What final comments do you have for our listeners? Yeah, sure. No, man, this is a awesome what you're doing. Um, like I said, military runs deep in my family. Um, honest to God, I would love to. I like wanted to be a soldier my entire life but i'm just not brave enough as you guys so that's not brave enough you, you stood in front of seventy-two thousand people oh, and that's throws. different that is not brave <laughs> compared that's not brave compared to you guys so like but um i appreciate you for reaching out thinking that i was uh worthy of being on here so um this is awesome what you're doing we should talk um more because i have uh, my own foundation and we kind of um help out with um any type of issue but i definitely uh if you have um, nonprofit organizations or something. I'd love to make a mm-hmm. donation. Like this is, this is awesome what you're doing. So thanks for having me on. Too easy folks. That'll conclude this episode of the shadows podcast. All right, shadows listeners, quick time out. We just want to let everybody know that the Lima Charlie network is giving away free stuff. We have all kinds of free merchandise that we're looking to give away to somebody. All you have to do is head over to our Instagram page at the Lima Charlie Network. And here's the simple rules. You just have to go over there, like the page. Then you have to tag three people, like our post. And then if you share our story, that gets you an additional vote as well. But the winner will be announced on the March 14th episode of Beyond the Rut. So head over there, like our page, win you some free stuff. And while you're at it, check out some amazing shows. We have Beyond the Rut, the EQ Gangster, the Llama Lounge, the Live Free series, the power of investing people, and yes, the Shadows podcast. So one more time, go check us out on Instagram at the Lima Charlie Network. You know, most people go through life aiming at nothing and hit it with amazing accuracy. And they find themselves just feeling stuck in a rut, wondering if this is all there is. And I'm here to tell you, no, it is not. And life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. So check out beyondtherut.com and listen to episodes of other people who are also feeling stuck in a rut, asking themselves the same questions you are around their faith, their family, their fitness, their finances, and just their outlook on future possibility. And there, we hope that you are encouraged and inspired to make your own path and live life beyond the rut. So again, go check out beyondtherut.com where you can find blog posts and podcast episodes as well as some tools to help you design the targets you wish to hit in life in those five F's, faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility. Because again, life is too dang short to live it stuck in a rut. Now go check it out.
Y'all yeah, the rut. Where do we send the royalties? It's yours. Yo, what's up? This is Joe from the Llama Lounge Podcast, a proud member of the Lima Charlie Network. If you are interested in listening to diverse conversations about all things life, learning, and leadership between leaders and experts in the military as well as across the civilian industry, follow the Llama Lounge on all podcast platforms and Llama Leadership on all social media outlets. And visit our website at llamaleadership.com. New episodes post every Tuesday. We cannot wait to have you join us. In the meantime, be safe, stay healthy, and keep growing. Llamas out.